The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelchin Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. It is six minutes after 8 o'clock on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner. Just hooking up the equipment right now is Merle Kelch of Kelch & Associates. And uh, Merle, thank you for coming in on a holiday weekend as we wind down 2023 here on Making Financial Sense. Anything for the cause. Anything for the cause Anything is right. Cause. I mean, we've That's got right. important stuff to discuss today. That's right. uh, you know, last week, if you're still sitting by the radio uh, waiting in anticipation, uh, of course, last week we said we we're going to talk about uh, Christmas presents, which includes, you know, giving stocks as Christmas presents. I'm sure that's something that you've done uh, quite mm-hmm. often. But we also have little economic tidbits that, uh, that have come out this week. So I guess first off, uh, why don't we uh, just kill the anticipation, you know, the people that are waiting from last week, giving stocks as Christmas presents. Is this something that Merle Kelch would recommend? Oh, yeah, definitely so. So as we're saying this, um, right now I am looking up this, uh, the price of a stock that I had actually gave to my um, ex-father-in-law for a stock. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking up the beer of uh, the price, and it is of beer. Okay. Oh, and I can't get the, the price. Oh, there, now I got it. Okay, we got it here. It, it, so, long I time ago. I can actually see the smoke rising from oh, your yeah. phone. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, 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 so uh, the Apple products are just smoking today, so it's just <laughs> been something. So, you know, given stocks, I think, are just such a cool thing for kids. And, and though it's a lot more difficult to do so, but I like it when they're called certificated. So, ter- certificated is when you actually hold the paper and it's got all the print on it. And, the, you know, the old days, you just put really cool pictures and stuff on them, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the cool part about that from an art standpoint is they make them the same way that they make money. It's actually the ink is pressed against the paper, and the paper soaks the ink in rather than putting it on top. Anyway, it's just kind of a cool thing. Mm-hmm. It's a thing called scripophiline. Yes, I'm a nutcase. I kind of get a kick out of that <laughs> stuff. Nonetheless. So my ex-father-in-law a long time ago, good guy. Um, uh, of course, part of his gift, my uh, ex-wife and I gave him $100 worth of stock, and I certificated he really liked Samuel Adams' stock. Okay. So at the time we gave him again, note a hundred dollars with a stock, which happens to be ten shares of Sam Adams. Okay. So Sad Am- Sam Adams symbol is beer, and he thought it was neat because he put it in a frame, <laughs> and he's been following beer over all these uh, many years. Sure. Well, now it's three hundred and fifty a share. Wow. Times ten shares. He goes, "What do I do with it?" I said, "Well, you got a really expensive piece of artwork on the wall because <laughs> he still has it in his in his uh, office or den." I, sure. I understand. So. So I, I like doing that stuff. I mean, it's, it's a fun time. And the thing I like about it, you know, think about it out there, folks. For your grandchildren and your children, what's the best thing you do is you get them involved inside of savings or investing and putting money away versus finding something superficial to blow the money on. Mm-hmm. And what a great way to do that is to get them involved in a share or a stock or something of this nature. Now, it's a lot more difficult to get stuff certificated, especially if you want to do five shares of Apple. I'm making up a, a, a name here. You want to get five shares of Apple and certificated? Like, eh, we really don't want to do that because it's five shares. There's a hundred shares, maybe with certificated. So more difficult these days. But 
you can still have the kids look at it and say, look, you own shares. You're an owner of Apple or Nike, as the old commercials used to be, you know. Dad, you know, my new boyfriend owns Nike. He does. Well, it's one share. But, I mean, yes, he's still an owner. So that sort of stuff is, is, is really a cool idea, and I always welcome it when, when grandparents want to do it. Now, I also then preface it and say make sure you keep all your receipts on how much they paid for it because the kids are going to have to pay some taxes if you're putting it in their name now and all that kind of stuff. And so we make sure you have all the tax information for it. But uh, what a great thing for a kid to follow along and to look at over the course of the years. And uh, 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you've got a question uh, for Merle, maybe about uh, buying shares of stock for the grandkids uh, for Christmas or a birthday or things like that. Now, obviously, we're not recommending that uh, you go out and buy one company or another. You'd have to do that research on your own. But that, uh, you know, what you just said there leads me into my next question about this is what kind of tax implications could there be for say a five or a six-year-old that all of a sudden now owns Mm -hmm. 10 shares of, as you said, Nike or Apple or Mm -hmm. Netflix? You know, I don't think the tax rules have changed. You know, and I say this, folks, I always have to preface this because, um, you know, one of the notes that I had was an article they popped up, 529 plans. And and so I got to chat with 529 plans. There's a little bit of a neat change that's happening instead of 2024. But it's been confusing, so I'm hoping to try to straighten that out. But nonetheless, so in my world, um, it was pre-1988 taxes and post-1988 taxes. That was it. And now it seems to be what happened to the taxes in the last six months. Okay, now what happened to the taxes in the last six months? They seem Mm -hmm. to keep changing. But in the old days, if I died and I inherited to you my son, Mike, you're my son right now, so pretend that. All right. Um, it does make you look better, though. You look a lot more handsome being yeah, my son. Just absolutely. So if you're my son and I die, whatever stock that I had had, if I gifted to you as a part of my death, um, you inherit the stepped-up basis as of the date of my death. So whether I bought it a dollar share and it's $500 per share, you get it at 500 no income taxes. Now, there can be a couple of different rules in the middle of there. We'll let Alan take care of that part on the state tax at a future time. Mm-hmm. Um, but in there, so it steps up in basis. Now, if I bought the shares at $10 or a dollar a share and it went up to $500 a share, and while I'm alive, I gifted you the shares and say, okay, here you go, they're yours. Um, well, now what happens when you sell them, you get to have, you have to pay the taxes based upon what I bought them at the dollar per share. Wow. Now, the problem becomes is this. Um, we had a place called Wassa Papers here in town um, uh, uh, for a long time. And Walsa Papers had stocks that went back into the early 1900s. And we had a client that had gifted um, to my clients who were already at this point in time into their 60s, their grandpa and grandma gifted them shares. Um, Now, how do you find out what the tax price is? So we had to go back uh, to say, well, when about was this gifted? And we had to go back and we had to literally send a young smart kid to uh, the library and pull up microfiche of share prices to give it our best guesstimate oh, wow. um, as of the month and the week um, from the Wassa newspaper because he supposed it. Yep. Um, we had to go back that far to try to figure out what the cost basis was and have it accepted for taxes. So hence, if you're buying something for your grandchildren, either put both of your names on it. Um, if you're going to gift them the shares, know how much you bought it for because that's going to be needed later on. Because it can be really a bear later on in trying to figure out and and, uh, ascertain what the taxes would be if grandchild then indeed sells those shares. 
Yeah, and, and especially if you're doing this, as you mentioned, as as an investment, and, and the child says someday, okay, this is going to be a down payment for my house. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use this to pay for my college education. We'll see how much it uh, appreciates in, say, 12 or 14 years, yeah. and that'll be my first student loan payment. There's re- there's going to be some consequences uh, to that, especially when the uh, the government wants to get their hands on on some of that. And product. they always do. And they always do. As there right. was a mutual fund family, and I'm going to say their name because I'm not recommending them as an investment, but I'm recommending them because they did such a cool job for people. Um, a, a company called Eaton Vance, which is a great company. I, I enjoy them as a company and the work that they do. But they had a, 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 an investment for kids, and I thought it was a brilliant marketing strategy that they did. It never caught on. Um, but what they did is if, Mike, you had some children and you wanted to start getting them involved, you could put you know your, your $100 inside of the account and the child, inside of the child's name, and they would regularly send the child a report on how the investments work and, and kid-friendly articles on how mm-hmm. you know stock market, bond market works, and mutual funds and all that kind of stuff, and statements that, were, um, uh, that came to the kids' names and that kind of stuff. And they really did a great job in helping educate these young kids. Um, from investments and how they worked in stocks and markets and all that kind of thing. It was just a fantastic program. Um, I was really sad when it stopped working because we probably had about a half a dozen kids that were part of that program. Um, it, it wasn't to do anything from an investment standpoint any differently than anything else. They just simply targeted it to kids so kids could learn. I thought it was just a fantastic um, a program, and I would love to see more firms like mutual fund families or something of this nature do that because, let's face it, you know, our kids have to learn how to do these things and as far as I know, I don't think they're doing it in school as much as they used to when I was there, mm-hmm. which was still minimal. And uh, I, I don't think they're doing it hardly at all anymore. We're making financial sense with Merle Kelch on AM550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. Uh, one more thing before we wrap this up. Uh, and I think I know the answer to this before I ask the question, but it's my job as the as the host to uh, to still pry at this. What's the most important thing then about this, if this is something that you are considering doing for your kids? Is it investing in their future or is it teaching them to put something away, put that seed money away in whatever account that may be, a 401k, a savings account, a money market, whatever, so that way they've got that nest egg to kind of build around? You know, interesting how you say that because which is more important? The answer is both. Um, but I think one begets the other. And I think I think when you have um, parents or grandparents, I'm going to put this money away for the kids, but I'm not going to tell them. I think BS, tell them. Now, you don't have to tell them how much, okay? But, (laughs) excuse me, Um, boy, I don't know place. Um, I think the way to do it is this. Um, You be transparent and say, we put some money away from you, and here's the investments that we put into it. And so from that, it's yours for, you know, whatever purpose, school, wedding, um, whichever the case may be, uh, you know, your first car, first house, whatever. Um, I'm going to put this away for you. We're going to continue to put away. It's going to help you for this. Um, but somewhere along the way, and I'm getting there with my grandkids, you have to say, okay, we're putting this in here. Now, I want you to keep track of how much it's worth, and I want you to keep track of the news on it. And so I think that keeping track of it with the incentive of simply there is some money that is for you for a particular purpose into the future, um, I think that then allows them to self-educate how they may go through and maybe start opening up questions in which you can have that conversation. Um, so, uh, again, I have, uh, grandkids that are now six and eight and the eight year olds probably starting to get to the point in time now where he'll start, you know, maybe thinking about this stuff that, you know, money is just nothing more than exchange for candy. 
<laughs> you know, um, or chips or, or video game. Right. Um, so, so hopefully I'm, I'm hopefully in the next year or two, um, um, I'll kind of bring them down that path and say, okay, if you look at this, this is how much it's growing, how much is growing for the year. Cause from that, you now have, you know, the news, the markets, economics, um, you also then get in there percentages, math, you get all that sort of stuff. as far as teaching kids, how stuff this goes. Um, and cause I think it's just important that they know fiscally how things work. Mm-hmm. You know, I think gone are the days when you, you have a dollar and you want to buy something like my grandma taught me. And, and for those of you who are listening, you're going to realize I, you know, actually have been in Rosso for a really long time. We'd go to Herberger's and you're probably going, <laughs> who? Right. Well, Herberger's was a big department store, which is now Washington Square. That was okay. the building. So I would go in there and something would cost 99 cents and I'd have a dollar in my pocket. My grandma's like, well, you don't have enough money. Well, why? 99 is less than a dollar. I get this part. She goes, you have tax. I'm like, I don't think I like taxes. And I learned that at like four or five years old from grandma. So then, uh, you know, grandma would have some sort of task that I'd have to do to earn the extra, you know, three or four cents at the time Mm -hmm. for taxes. And it usually involved me having to carry bags or something like that for grandma. But, you know, so you'll start learning about that stuff and it worked out fantastic. And, and who knew here I am still calculating taxes and, and uh, carrying bags, you know, well, not for grandma anymore, but now it's mom. But, you know, mm-hmm. the same principles still fall true. So hopefully, um, you know, with the, the, the money, you take your card and you tap a machine that doesn't teach you anything. It just simply means it goes from this card and you bought it. And how yep. did it magically happen? You know, how many kids today think that they don't know how the money goes in the account, but as long as you have a card or a checkbook, you have money. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you know, it'd be nice to have all of our kids go through and pay stuff with cash. It just give them that direct relationship with things these days. Again, he's Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense. We'll be back with more after this here on WSAU. We are at uh, 822 on this Saturday morning on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. Looking for a daytime high in the 40s. Still have some foggy conditions out there. Dense fog advisory, I believe, still in effect until 10 o'clock here this morning. So if you are out and about, make sure you've got the, uh, the headlights on and leave yourself some extra space to uh, between you and the cars around you to get where you're going today. I know uh, Merle said that uh, he had a bit of a dicey drive here into yep. work, but he's here. Well, n- this isn't your work. You're doing this for fun. I'm this the one is a good time. Yeah, yeah. Th- I'm the one that's actually working. Yeah. You're you know? actually working for a living. I'm just BSing for a living. Yeah. Which, by the way, which is what I do every day. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he's Merle Kells. We're making financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. And Merle... Uh, one metric I saw this week uh, actually kind of perked my interest because uh, it, it I'm going to say it kind of collided both uh, two of our interests, me with the sports betting and uh, uh, you with the uh, futures and financial markets. I saw uh, the, the odds for interest rate reductions uh, next year are saying an 80% chance of an interest rate cut by March. Is this something that I should put money down on. I didn't see what the odds were. Merle's thinking. I'll tell you what. um, Merle's not betting on it. Um, Interest rates are going to come down at some point. Don't get me wrong. But Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to come down by March. Um, I don't see we're seeing significant enough of a slowdown in the economy for that to occur. Now, um, the the of course the the equity side person of me and the the capitalist side says so I want the interest rates to be as low as possible as fast as possible so we can make as much as possible. Well, you know what? You can either uh, uh, you know um, do a sprint or you can just have a long walk for a long time and let it just be good. And I prefer to have that, I'd guess. Um, but the thing is that interest rates, again, in my opinion, are neutral. They're about normalized. They're about where they should be. 
again, having the last 15 years or so being the admirable portion of interest rates. And so if we can have inflation, you know, subsided and still have people making a little bit of money on CDs and interest rates at the bank um, and not having a uh, a 0% or 2% interest rate where we're overheating the economy, I think that's a better way to go. Now, those that are looking at the national debt are hoping for 2% again so we can take all this national debt and throw it out into 30-year and 50-year bonds um, and maybe get some of those interest rates and get some of that debt off at a lower interest rate. Also another plan. But I, I, I think March is going to be too early. I think we see interest rates come down to a certain degree by the end of the year, but I think March is going to be a little bit too early. And the unfortunate part is when that reality happens, if I'm right, and I don't know if I'm not or not, if I am or not, but uh, the, the, what's going to happen is it's going to make the stock market jump down and say, oh, what? It's not going down in March. Like, come on, you jack wagons. Again, my term. <laughs> right. um, nobody ever said it was going down in March. This is your guesstimate that it's going to and your best guess. Now, um, if we take a look at what's happening with CD rates, banks are pretty good at predicting where things are going. Um, they're saying somewhere mid-year, like June or July, if we look at where CD rates are going to start dropping down and ending. We're seeing a lot of that inside of the bond marketplaces. They're saying mid-year. So I think March is a little bit fast, um, but we'll we'll see how it uh, ends up. Again, the, uh, the metric was an 80% chance. Now, yeah. uh, that could mean you know, it's obviously 20% chance that they won't or that things will stay neutral. So if you're saying over under on March, you're, you're saying the over, you're taking the over. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking that. It's not going to happen you're, yeah. now. Now I'm going to, I'm going to keep you young and hip here as much <laughs> as I can. The term there is you're going to smash the over. Okay. There it. we go. Yeah. Um, yay. <laughs> go, go team there you go now you can now you can sound young and hip uh, oh, around God. the office I was, I was getting concerned <laughs> yeah the uh it's it again that's a metric it's a uh, a prediction it may not come true as you hear with the disclaimer but uh, it's certainly something that uh you have to keep an eye on so that way you've got an idea of what's going on sure. and, and what will be or what could be happening uh for the clients yeah but you know and where this comes to is you get so many people that say, you know, well, I'm not going to buy because the stock market is too high. Well, if you're worried about where the stock market is right now because you're trying to buy something because it went up 3% or 4% or even 5% in the last month, um, if you're worried about that 5%, then you're buying it for the wrong reasons. So I, too, am looking to buy a couple things, and I'm buying for them and taking lessons from Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett says if I'm going to buy it, today and I'm going to buy it for 10 years. I'm If I'm going to buy for anything less than 10 years, I don't want to own it. So if the price is up or down 1% or 2% today, who cares because I'm buying it for 10 years from now. And we have to look at it that way. Now, I mean, who doesn't like a sale if you get a little bit of a sale coming on? Uh, but we got, you know, I'm looking at a couple of uh, investments for myself for longer term. Um, and, and so um, I'll probably wait until after the first of the year. And we'll let the Santa Claus rally, as they call it this next week, uh, we'll let that happen. I'll start looking at the, you know buying a few things afterwards for myself. Ooh, Santa Claus rally. A Santa Claus rally. We'll come into There's an article that sparks yeah. that in. So I come to my next part here because of an article, and I have to say how I got there because I just didn't pop up the idea to talk about a 529 plan. But there's an article that's out there by Philip Van Dorn, and, and I quote him a lot. He does some pretty good writing for the market, for marketwatch.com. Uh, and in here, he has an article that says how 10 of the Wall Street's predictions for 2023 panned out. And he goes through here. Now, how I came to this is I'm going through and reading. Their talk, he has a section in there. It's called, It's Time to Think About Taxes. And he goes into it. And he starts talking about the new rules for required minimum distributions that they've changed. 
So I pop into that article talking about required minimum distributions. And as you know, um, it is no longer 70 and a half. It's now 73 years old. And a number of years on the road, it's actually going to advance then to age 75 as well. So in part of that, I pop up the article and it starts talking about the new rules for 529 plans. And I've had this question pop up multiple times over the course of the last several months. And the 529 plan was another one of those rules that they said, we're going to make it so you can take your 529 plan and turn it into a Roth IRA. The unfortunate part is, I think the people who were saying that, being our politicians, um, as well as others, um, didn't wait for the final writings to be done. So as I popped up, I'm seeing the final writings that are being done and how it's going to function um, as of November of 23. I believe we're final now. We know where it's going to be. Um, but in here is a 529 plan. People think, oh, I'll be able to take the 529 plan for my children. I'll be able to convert them into a Roth IRA. Great. Now I get it away from my children. It goes into my 529 plan. And now, bum, bum, bum. No, it's not going to work that way. How the rules now state is that as in 2024, if you have unused 529 plan money for your child, let's say your child had great grades and they had scholarships um, or they finished up with school and there's money left over, let's say there's $10,000 inside the 529 plan and you're wondering, geez, what can I do with that? I don't want to take it out and pay taxes on penalties. Um, so what do I want to do with that? Oh, this article says I can put it, or this person told me I said I can put it in a 529 plan. No, you can't. But you can put it into your child's, I'm sorry, not 529 plan. If Roth I take IRA. that 529 plan, I can put it in my Roth. No, you can't, but you can put it into your child's Roth. So you can convert that tax-free, penalty-free into theirs. Now, they still have the limits of the 6500 a lifetime maximum of 35000 You get 15 years to do it, but it has to go into a Roth IRA for the beneficiary um, who is more than likely going to be your child or niece or nephew or whomever. So, so with that, make a note, folks, you're not going to be able to take your child's 529 plan or grandchild's 529 plan and put it into a Roth in your name. It's not going to work. You have to be the, it's going to have to go to the beneficiary or to the child. Um, so I want to put that out there because there'd be a lot of people confused. So what happens if you take it out of your child's account and put, mm -hmm. then put it into yours? Well, you're going to have to pay taxes and penalties as would be uh, uh, with other types of investments. It will take, uh, you know, whatever you have built up, and uh, you'll probably, uh, I'm just going to throw a guess out there, you'll probably be losing about, what, 35% of it? Not quite that much. Okay. Um, the taxation and penalty on Roth IRAs are a little odd. Uh, I'm sorry, not a Roth IRA, a 529 plan. I'm getting myself all screwed up. <laughs> so a 529 plan, if you take the money out of a 529 plan, mm -hmm. let's say I take it out of my child's or grandchild's, um, I can do that. I have to pay the taxes like any other investment on a gain. But I have to pay the penalty of 10% on the gain only, not the whole thing, when I take it out. So it's not quite as bad. Um, but, um, of course, the, the government wants to make sure that's there for a child's education, not for uh, shielding purposes, mm -hmm. that you're trying to hide play, money in a different place or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. He's Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. Phone lines are open, so if you have a question for Merle, go ahead and give us a call at 715-845-2155. We'll be happy to take your calls next. But first, here's a look at your news on WSAU. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. 
Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. 8.37 on your Saturday morning on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner, joined in studio today by Merle Kelch. Got a couple of live shows to uh, to close out the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll eventually we'll get around to synchronizing schedules for time off and things like that for for next year. But that's you know well, eventually. Yeah, that's uh, that's a 2024 problem. Uh, we're we're not going to deal with that now. Right. You know, there's a um, article that's out here, and I want to uh, kind of drop by on everybody. So again, it's another article by Philip Van Dorn. Um, um, but in here. Um, they have a thing in, in, there's a thing out there called, uh, the, the, um, uh, dogs of the Dow. It's been around for a long time. And, and usually uh, what happens if there's something you can predict that happens every year, people start exploiting it. Then that prediction or that leverage tends to go away. But there's one that's always been out there for a long time. And the dogs of the Dow are, and I'm just going to say uh, briefly, cause there's a real nice little article out there, folks, if you want to see it. So in here, the dogs of the Dow are essentially you take the 10 stocks that stunk the worst from the Dow the year before, and then you buy them again for the next year in the beginning of January, and they tend to be your best performers over the next course of the next uh, 12 months. And that's true. That tends to be the case. So with it, um, Philip Van Doren, of course, inside of his work, um, went through and uh, even quantified even further, um, working to put it together with some people from the prudent speculator uh, John Buckingham with the prudent speculator. They called the TPS um, a model that they have. Well, they actually add some math to it okay. and putting some math on the inside and saying, if we put this together and put that together along with these things, um, we come up with our list of 13 stocks we think are going to be the greatest for next year, essentially using the same principle of the dogs of the Dow. Um, and what's interesting in here is when I look at the list, I think it's a pretty darn good list. So they go through and they said, if we take a look at our model, uh, they've actually beat most of the other predictors over the course of the years inside of their um, website that they have and their newsletter that they predict the money that they manage. So, folks, I put this out there. If you're a person looking at individual stocks and about the dogs of the Dow, what did bad last year may do well for next year. Uh, The site is, I'm sorry, the article is called 13 Stocks That Are Down for 2023 But May bounce Bounce Back in 2024 or Beyond. Article by Philip Van Dorn. Um, pretty interesting stuff, and uh, I can't say I'm not in disagreement with it. All right. So well, it's a good article. Hey, hey, something to watch out for in the next year. But, uh, you know, this begs uh, a question from me based on uh, things that have happened. And, of course, I could have the burden of knowledge of this because I'm a news director and, uh, you know, occasionally have to read news and things like that as part of my job. Uh, but remember a couple of years ago, we had the meme stock trend, you know, things like GameStop that were artificially inflated and actually ended up uh, coming back to bite people that thought that they were being clever like this and buying into something like this in order to make it go up and artificially inflate the price on it. Is that something then that you have to be careful for with these stocks? Because as you mentioned, if all of a sudden the secret gets out on this and everybody's doing it it's probably not going to turn out the way that you had anticipated. Uh, there, there might be the some influence that comes into that. Um, but typically on here, it's it, the, the principle is just pretty basic. Um, usually what happens inside of the Dow and inside of any sort of a marketplace, whether you're looking at the S&P 500 others, you're going to have certain sectors that are going to do very well. For example, 
this year, everybody knows that the tech sector really took off throughout the course of this year. But on the other hand, the oil and gas sector didn't, for example. So and now I don't know if 2024 oil and gas is going to go up. I'm just using this as an example, folks. So then the whole idea would be, okay, so tech sector did great this year. Um, so if oil and gas stunk this year, maybe we should invest in oil and gas because there's a higher probability that might do better for the next year. It's not saying that those companies are going broke or going to fall apart. It's not the case. Just simply saying that different sectors, usually if they're bad one year, they might be better in the next. And that's kind of the whole principle around the Dow, uh, um, uh, the dogs of the Dow, which this article is is, is essentially based around, uh, based, uh, based upon. Now, folks, again, I'm not telling you to run out and go buy oil and gas. That's just my example in this whole thing um, of what they look at. So a little bit different than I'm trying to headhunt or guess and which is going to be the best uh, product. It's just old-fashioned, just simply saying one's going to do better than the other in one year versus another. So let's buy the one that's down. It's probably not going to jump off the floor anymore. Absolutely. He's Merle Kelch for making financial, financial sense on AM550. Easy for you to say. 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com as well. Hey, at about uh, 9.30 or so, as soon as I'm done here, as soon as I got the show podcasted, I'm off on my Christmas break. So, there hey, you go. We're, uh, we're just uh, limping to the finish line, I guess, here on making financial sense. But uh, if you've got your calls and if you want to, uh, you've got your year-end questions for Merle, go ahead and give us a call. At 715-845-2155. We'll get that in there before I get to my last question on this. And this is just out of my own curiosity because you're bringing up, looking up these individual stocks and maybe doing a little research into them yourself and maybe investing in them, you know, based on the, the recommendations of the author on, the, on this article, based on this principle. My question to you is how skilled of an investor or trader do you need to be to, to do something like this? Because, again, if you're getting yourself deep into something that you don't understand, like maybe cryptocurrency or things like that, and you're talking about real dollars here, this could come back to bite you. Yeah. And, by the way, cryptocurrency was not on the list, just to let you know. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, you know, in here, folks, you know, how, how easy to invest today. Today, I think investing in the marketplace today is easier than ever before. Um, you know, 40 years ago, you had to have somebody like me to be able to do it because you weren't able to do it on your own. And today you can go and you can open up an account with you know, any of the online traders and you can open up an account and buy it on your own. Um, so pretty easy to do. Obviously, it's minimal. You'll have, you'll have to pay somebody a few shekels. Um, but pretty easy to do as far as being able to invest in. But one of the things that this article does um, is it just it kind of quantifies and puts the math to it as well. Um, so you're buying something of a company that is you know, pretty much already proven. Otherwise, they want to put it inside of this article. Um, I'm not sure if I answered your question or not in mm -hmm. that, but um, being able to do that, relatively simple. Now, obviously, if you're going to go out there and you're going to say, well, I like the name of this stock, so I'm going to buy it, based upon the name, mm -hmm. well, you're you're probably not going to do so well over time. There's a lot of things that go into buying individual stock and individual mutual funds. Um, you know, you want to take a look at things. How are the sales of the company? How is the cash flow of the company? Are they making money? Have they expanded their debt? I mean, um, how's their earning per share? Is it going up? How do they compare next to their peers? And see, these are all questions you have to look at and you have to know before you buy a company. And sometimes you get a really good article such as this one where they've already done that homework and they've already given you some tips and ideas on what to do. And so I, I like some of those sometimes that it works out well to, uh, you know, tell people, you know, this sort of stuff exists. Don't go by the name. 
That said, one time my wife did uh, bet on a dog at a racetrack once and won because she liked the name. So, um, so you know, what do I know? I guess exactly. from, from that standpoint, yeah, exactly. But. Blind squirrel, nuts. Yeah, you know, every yeah. now and then. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, Again, it's great. Seven one five eight four five two one five five is the number to call as we're uh, making financial sense with Merle Kelch and uh, Merle. Again, we're getting into kind of some year-end things here, some things to look out for in twenty twenty four. Uh, what else is on your list uh, to look out for in 2020? Well, I want to talk about this next week. And we've had just a tremendous run-up in the marketplace over the course of the last six weeks. And it's been great, folks. I mean, I'm smiling every single day I'm walking into the office. And especially for those reviews that I have, it's one of those things I can't miss on a review right now. You know, the clients are all happy because the markets are up and the economies are up. And everybody's got a smile on their face. It's all happy, happy, happy. So there's always tends to be a chasing a Santa Claus rally, which usually is, is about next week is when it really starts. And so from the Santa Claus rally, rally, it's called chasing the Santa Claus rally, question mark, look out below an article by Brett Ahrens. So in here, he talks about the Santa Claus rally, which the Santa Claus rally tends to go up about 73% of the time as I'm going through the article. Um, the other 73% of the time it doesn't, it sells off. Or the market runs out during the course of the Santa Claus rally. Then really after the first year, people go, oh, okay, now we're going to take some profit. And we see the market come right back down again. And so that's the, the gist of this article going through is in that sell-off as the market goes through. Now, what I think is relatively interesting, folks, is as he goes through and he goes through statistics and he talks about the Santa Claus rally and how great it is, I don't want you to go run out, folks, and put all of your money in the marketplace and bet that it's going to be huge next week. Um, the rate of return that it tends to go up in a Santa Cross rally is a little bit over 1%. Well, the thing about this was interesting is it has the same odds as pretty much every other week. <laughs> so, so, so the Santa Claus rally, though it happens over 70% of the time um, uh, since the 1920s. Um, but uh, on the other hand, uh, it's pretty much the same as, as any other week anyhow. So just... Uh, um, just enjoy your holiday. Have a good time. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, so you're really, your odds are not going to be any better than they would be. No, you're just getting week. excited because somebody said Santa Claus. Yeah, well, well, and who wouldn't? <laughs> well, yeah. Exactly. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We'll be back to wrap this edition of uh, Making Financial Sense Up after this here on WSAU. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch & Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. Coming up later today here on WSAU, actually coming up about uh, two hours from now, we've got Milwaukee Bucks basketball. The Bucks are in New York to take on the Knicks this afternoon. It's an 11.30 tip-off. We'll have pregame coverage at 11 here on WSAU, your new home for Milwaukee Bucks basketball. And then it's Bucks Christmas Day basketball as well. All kinds of sports uh, filling the airwaves this weekend here on WSAU. As we wrap up another edition of Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch, I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner. He is Merle. Merle, one thing we wanted to uh, to kind of promote here 
Uh, it's a, a, an organization that you've been involved with for many years, the Eagles Club here in Wausau, and they do mm-hmm. something great around the holidays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give us give us a plug for the uh, the meal distribution uh, here this Christmas at the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and folks, let me uh, make sure that I uh, hats off to the Eagles Club. I haven't been an officer there now for coming up on two years. I'm still a member, but I haven't uh, haven't been an officer. Uh, but I still want to give hats off to the uh, the officers that are running it. Um, have continued on the Eagles Club tradition of having a free holiday meal, which they did for Thanksgiving, um, and of course now one for Christmas as well. Um, it is, um, I'm sure it's the same way, but it's for those that are in need, or if you need somebody who is bound and you want to take them a meal, um, you simply uh, drive up and they'll ask you how many meals you want, and you stick your hand up and how many, they'll bring them right out to your car. Uh, they have an assembly line that goes through for a hot, fresh meal and, and, and bless them for doing so. Um, and now they, they, of course, take tips. And we have some people that come down that uh, um, uh, when we were there, the people came through and says, I don't want a meal. I'm just going to give you a tip. And we had a, a good lady that she would come every time and she would drive through. And I'm going to uh, say this, God bless her, she'd give us $100. And some people put $5 and they put it inside of the bucket. We put that right back into the next meal. Um, so uh, as an organization, um, if you know somebody, you know somebody who shut in, stops out and get them a meal and take them a good Christmas dinner. Um, uh, great organization. I love what they do. Yeah, it, it's one of the great things about being here is the people helping people, and that's the kind of yeah. stuff that you love to see. And that's, that's why- the actual model of the Eagles is people yeah. helping people. And that's exactly why we wanted to get that plug in here before uh, before the day was up today because it's a great cause, and yeah. uh, however you want to support it or if you are in need, it's, it's right there mm-hmm. for you uh, to get you a little cheer this holiday season. Uh, one more thing then before we, we wrap it up, uh, speaking of people who are, are very generous with money, Elon Musk – He's got a lot of it to yeah, go around. Uh, you had a story about Elon Musk. There in- is, and I find it, it's interesting on a couple of different parts. There's an article by James Rogers. It says, Musk SpaceX hits. Boy, that's a hard <laughs> one to say. Musk's SpaceX hits a rocket milestone for the latest Starlink Falcon 9 launch, um, which is happening. And based upon this picture, he really needs a shave. I mean, you know, uh, Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. So in here, the, the one thing that happened, of course, it launched from uh, Cape Canaveral just um, last night. Um, and in doing so, his Falcon 9 uh, lit up the sky, as they say. But what amazingly is that the first stage that takes off um, has come back to Earth um, now, um, I think it's 13 times, which has never happened before. So the uh, stage went up and landed inside of a ship um, inside of the Atlantic Ocean and landed back in there so they can have the ability to bring it in and reuse it. But the other thing is it also contained um, uh, 23, um, uh, I'm sorry, 13 Starlink. No, I think I got that wrong. Um, 13 times it, up, it put up 23 more of the Starlink satellites. So it is announced now that SpaceX, through its Starlink system, Starlink is now paying for itself. So it is now broke even where they're not you know, expending money going out with the amount of money they're collecting in. So it's been rumored for a long time that Starlink might become a public company where SpaceX is going to split it off into a separate entity going out. Uh, they made some announcement of different share prices and that kind of stuff to employees along the way. Now, the reason I say this is I think Starlink has the ability to be the biggest and most profitable company that Elon Musk has ever done. So think about it in this way, folks. It now has the ability to have anybody around the world doing multiple things. One, being able to access the internet and communication, but also to make a phone call. So Starlink, you have the ability to make a phone call anywhere in the world to anywhere else inside of the world. Um, and I think that from a revenue standpoint as an entity, um, could be tremendous. Now, I like what it does. It just takes around the whole globe 
it makes us one big, easy, simple place to, to be able to communicate. Fantastic. What a great idea. And Jeremy's had doing so. Um, but the cash flow from that from a company could be absolutely tremendous, too, if you're an investor. And so um, I want you to, to watch that stuff with SpaceX and also Starlink. Um, also, for communities, and I've said it before, rather than us as the state of Wisconsin or other places putting you know hundreds of millions of dollars into having rural communities having the Internet, we could spend a fraction of that and just simply have the Starlink, mm-hmm. and they'll have it immediately better than you're going to find from a, a cable satellite internet system. And and I was just going to stick my tongue in my cheek on this and say, well, now that means Starlink is going to become an unreliable company that'll show up two hours late to your appointment window. It'll <laughs> overcharge you for something. You'll have to stay on hold with customer service for how many hours to dispute your bill. Yeah. But at this point in time, there's there's nobody comes out to your house. You just put the box up and plug it in. That's it. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah. that is yeah. true. Now, uh, now there it's would frighteningly good. Yeah, there yeah. there's a few questions that I would have with that because I know that with Starlink, sometimes it depends on what kind of your view of the sky in whatever direction mm-hmm. it is. There might be yeah. a few hours a day or a few windows out of the day that you don't have service, depending on the position of the satellites. But, and you can, again, correct me if I'm wrong, from what I understand is by launching these additional satellites, they're hoping to tighten up those windows or they're even have it, yeah, continuous coverage. Surprisingly, when we use our, our, our uh, Starlink system, and folks, um, you, <clears throat> if you've heard about the show, we've talked about it before. Um, in the summertime, when we do a lot of camping with our group, and we do this radio broadcast with a Starlink with mm-hmm. uh, voice over internet, and it works flawlessly. Um, in fact, better quality, in my opinion, than if we're doing a remote show over a landline. Absolutely. So so with it, what surprises me, though, is when we set up the Starlink uh, to do it with us, um, it doesn't face south. It faces directly north. And hmm. so there's obviously some satellites running, mm-hmm. you know, around our border of Canada or something like that, and that's where it's bouncing the signal off from. And I would have thought it would have been someplace south closer to bigger populations. Huh. But interestingly enough, that's where it always directs to. And again, this is not a, a paid endorsement or it's a, not uh, a for but, Starlink. But it's not us saying so, go out there and, and yeah, invest yeah. in it. It is just simply something to Thank think about. Thank you for saying that. But I think watch for it if they spin that company off public. I think it could be a tremendous investment for your investor side of the world. And that disclaimer goes into our next disclaimer, which is, again, if you want more information on this, you should contact your financial professional. And if that happens to be Merle Kelch, how do they do that? Or if you're not with a financial professional and you think, hey, Merle sounds like a good guy on the radio. Or if you want one that's better looking. In that case, you got to go. Uh, no. <laughs> I am the best looking man on radio. I'm Indeed. Indeed. So anyway, uh, folks, stop on in and visit us. Third uh, Avenue and Bridge Street in Wausau. Stop on in, have a cup of coffee, kick the tires, say hello and hi. You can give us a call locally, 715-849-3600. Outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100. Or find us online at kelchandassociates.com. Next week, it's the season finale of Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch for 2023. We'll wrap it up and get you ready for 2024. We will be here in person next Saturday. So if you've got questions, feel free to give us a call at 715-845-2155. Or again, stop by Merle's office uh, during the week, and he would be happy to help you out as well. Again, coming up later today here on WSAU, we've got Bucks basketball at 1130 as the Bucks will take on the New York Knicks. 11 a.m. pregame coverage here on WSAU. That is the first of two at Madison Square Garden. Uh, the next one is going to be Christmas Day for an 11 a.m. tip-off. 
So that means pregame coverage at 10.30 a.m. Christmas Day. Packer football coming your way tomorrow, as well as the Packers are in a must-win against the Carolina Panthers. We'll have that coverage starting at 10 a.m. Sunday, that is tomorrow, right after Zion Lutheran Church here on WSAU. Kickoff is at noon from Charlotte, North Carolina. Again, this has been Making Financial Sense here on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU. We'll have news headlines with Fox News Radio coming your way next.